0: Welcome to GRE Snacks, snackable episodes about the GRE exam and graduate school admissions. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable GRE course that includes everything you need to ace your GRE exam. A full textbook, videos on key topics, tons of GRE questions backed by our memory-enhancing algorithm, a built-in study planner, and essay grader, and full-length practice exams. You can try it out for free at achievable.me, and if you like it, use the code PODCAST to get 10% off at checkout. Now, let's get started. Today, we've got Jason Weingarten from Ivy Coach back on the show. Jason, I'd love if you could introduce yourself for the people who haven't heard you yet.
1: Yeah, it's great to be back on the show. Uh, My name is Jason, and I am with Ivy Coach. uh, With Ivy Coach, I'm a senior admissions consultant. uh, and I've been in the world of highly selective college admissions for more than a decade, uh, starting with professional admissions experience at the University of Pennsylvania. um, But now I've transitioned to the other side of the desk, helping students and applicants earn admission to our nation's most highly selective schools and programs.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And so let's chat about, I mean, you mentioned you have a lot of experience with people applying to top programs. I mean, that's what we want to cover today, right? I think that basically it's a um, maybe an assumption of mine, but I feel like this is true based on my other conversations on this podcast. I think that there is a huge difference if you're applying to graduate school and or business school, or if you're applying to one of the top 10, Um, right? I think that it, you know, it goes from being kind of like a put together a good application and, you know, try to work your connections in that school to like, oh, this is basically just as hard as undergraduate admissions is and just as unlikely. Uh (laughs) So I'm I'm curious sort of what, what tips you have, um, for people applying to like the tippy top programs, right? Like the Stanford's and the Harvard's and all those things.
1: Great. So, uh, you know, first maybe what, does it mean to be one of the top schools. You know, I think that, you know, this time of year especially, um, you know, as you're looking into schools, there's going to be rankings and ratings. Um, everyone, you know, from the different press, uh, you know, newspapers that you read to your your aunt Tippy, everyone's got their own sense of like what's the best school. Um, mm-hmm. and so what do we mean by the top school? Uh, you know, the top schools we mean these are schools that have low acceptance rates. Uh, they have single digit low teen acceptance rates. uh mm-hmm. These are schools that have the highest academic standards. They have the strong uh brand reputation, you know not because they're playing football on Saturday or they make an appearance or run for it every March, but these are schools that you know really rest on the laurels of their academics uh, as the kind of point of their reputation uh you know typically these are schools that are drawing top applicants from across the country and around the world, as opposed to having a little bit more of a regional flair. Uh, And as a result, the places that students go from these top schools are really going to be national or international opportunities, as opposed to maybe more state or regional opportunities. And so you know, what we're going to talk about is going to be applicable to any of these top schools. It's not necessarily going to be limited to just, you know, the Ivy League schools, or it's just Mm -hmm. not going to be limited to only the M7 graduate programs, or it's not necessarily going to be limited to just, you know, Stanford Law. These are going to be tips, tricks, observances uh, that are applicable to any highly selective school.
0: Great. Yeah, so then I I think that all sounds really good. Uh, How do you want to start this? So,
1: you know, starting at the beginning, always a good place Mm -hmm. to start. I would say (laughs) across the board, you're going to want to start earlier than you might want to start with a lot of other programs. You know, you're right that, you know, when it comes to these top schools, um, you know, you you tend to think that they're going to be looking for a little bit more, a little bit extra. There's something a little different going on. Um, you're right. You know, there, there's, you know they kind of have higher expectations is the way that I would put it. They don't necessarily mm-hmm. require anything wholly different than what the, you know, kind of less selective schools, maybe schools that are kind of the, you know, highly selective but not the kind of ultra highly selective tier are going to require, um, but they're going to have kind of greater expectations. And so starting early, I think, is key because it's just going to take a little bit more time and energy to ensure that you have the good extracurricular kind of leadership, to make sure that you give yourself the time to be able to get those high uh, GRE, GMAT, MCAT, LSAT uh, scores, that you're going to be Uh able to have the opportunity to really piece together and to uh, go out and get the ingredients for what is going to be a strong application. Uh, so I think that that is one thing that is key. Uh, you know, yeah, I actually before, to, before you
0: before you move on, are, are you about are you about to answer this? I was gonna say, mm-hmm. what does early mean? Yeah.
1: So early, if you if you're looking to apply to a school that you know has a deadline in the fall you know, maybe it's a September deadline, October, November deadline, I think you really need to start really thinking about putting that best foot forward up to 12 months in advance. And so if you are thinking about applying to a school fall of 2024, uh, you know, you really want to start thinking about it uh, and putting forward that best effort starting fall of 2023. That's going to give you the time to go from zero to 60, having no test prep, having not visited Uh any program, having not thought about the components that are going to go into your your application and the story that you're going to tell. That's going to give you enough time to really go forward and do that.
0: Got it. Okay. So, yeah, then... um tell me like sort of in general we're talking right about um wanting to start kind of a year out and this is means that this is an intentional decision right like i think you know if you're kind of reactionary like oh i just got laid off and maybe i should go to grad school which is like a pretty pretty decent move in mm-hmm. with the so sort of job market the way that it is um, it you know maybe you don't only apply to these highly selective schools and you include some other ones um, just because it's a little difficult. But when you're when you're like okay, I'm on a mission to go to Harvard or wherever. Um, what are the other things that you should be trying to get ahead of? Right. So you've got a year, and while GRE or GMAT or LSAT or MCAT uh, prep can take a long time it often is something that you kind of run as like a parallel process in the background, right? Like you're studying two, five, 10 hours a week, and then you're also going to be working on like the other parts of your application in, in parallel. Um, What are the other things that you should start to consider pretty quickly, like appointments that you need to book or like things that you want to get ahead of. And um, yeah, things like that.
1: So I would say that the different kind of visit opportunities, whether it is you as the applicant going to visit the school or the Mm -hmm. school doing their, you know, kind of regional roadshow, you know, those are opportunities that you're going to want to mark out ahead of time. Uh, You know, typically the top schools are going to be on the road less. Um, You know, they don't need to go to all of the different fairs and the expos in order for people to learn about them you know who has not heard about harvard business school yeah everyone knows about harvard business school they don't need to go and and, you know allocate the resources that they have towards their marketing budget to you know put someone on a plane and fly them to the hotel ballroom and have them stand there and so you're going to have far fewer of these opportunities with the top schools to be able to meet with someone and so, given that there's going to be fewer of those opportunities, you definitely want to be aware of when those opportunities are, um, either because they're coming to your, you know, city or your region, or maybe you're going to have to drive the next uh, town over in order to meet with someone. And so, coming up with the, you know, the, the list of schools and that are on that target list, and having an idea of, you know, when and where you're going to be able to meet with the different individuals, either in your town or on their campus, is going to be important. Um, And I'd also say, you know, as you put it, you know, you should not only be applying to these top schools. That's right. You should not only be visiting these top schools. Again, some of them just don't have the opportunity to meet with them or it happens so infrequently. I think it's perfectly good to go on a tour or visit a school that maybe you have like zero interest in, not because, you know, it's going to convince you that you should apply, but rather so that you can kind of look at, well, what is it about the school that I'm just not interested in? Or you can start to right. kind of build that muscle. You know, if you go to a, you know, random school early in the process, you can kind of get a feel for what the campus visit is. You can kind of get a sense of of how that works. You, you don't want the first time that you're talking with an admissions representative to be, you know, your number one choice. You want, to, you want to warm up in the bullpen, so to speak. You don't want to yeah. come to the game cold.
0: Got it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think also in general, right, like, you know, if you set up your whole life around going to grad school and then you, like, don't get in to some of the places that you want to go, it is, like, I mean, safety school sounds so derogatory, mm-hmm. but, like, so many of these... um you know, especially graduate schools have fantastic programs, even if they're not something that is necessarily a name brand. Right. So you can, it's always good to have a plan because if you're kind of telling your, your boss, your coworkers, like, Hey, I'm applying to these business schools and you don't get into any of them. Well, you know, that can sometimes be really awkward with your job mm-hmm. or, or things like that. Um, And then also, yeah, I like your idea of, of practicing early. I mean I think do you recommend just like doing that kind of regardless, like attending a few info sessions for different places or things like that just to just to kind of get a little bit of, of reps with that whole like schmoozing and, and that whole thing?
1: I, I do. Um uh, now, is it gonna be like a full time, you know, extracurricular? Is this gonna be a hobby for someone? Uh no. I, I don't think that you yeah, like the, the like goal a couple here. Of these. <laughs> yeah, but you know, not everyone is used to networking. Everyone, you know, not everyone has a job or they have to be, you know, talking with people or doing sales or or something like that. And so it it can be very unnatural for people to be doing this. And so when it comes to, you know, practicing, uh, you know, the first time that you would sit for the GRE hopefully is not the, you know, the first real deal jury when you go with your number two pencils in hand or or, you know you're you're ready to click on the mouse now that's digital right you don't want the first time that you talk with someone to be when it really counts and so just as you would take a few you know practice tests before you take the real test you should take a practice visit
0: uh before you have the real visit right yeah it totally makes sense well, so then what are the other things that you want to start getting ahead of early um, other than just those visits?
1: So getting ahead for the visits, all those opportunities is key just because, you know, again, there's going to be fewer of those opportunities. Uh, another thing that you kind of need to get ahead of, I would say, is what your demonstrated leadership is. Now, this could be mm. at your employer. This could be at your college if you're still an undergrad. Uh, this can be in community, um, if you're doing something, uh, you know, working with some sort of organization, nonprofit, or something like that. Um, you know, it takes time to get into a position of either leadership or impact. Um, you know, you can't just show up and, you know, be the head of a group or a or vice president of, of a group. It takes time to kind of grow into that role of responsibility. And so mm-hmm. being able to have the time to dedicate to one of these pursuits so that you can demonstrate leadership in that outside of you know, professional working world, um, that takes time. And so you definitely do need to start thinking about that a bit early if that's something that has not necessarily been part of, of what you've been up to for the past however long.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, arguably, it's even hard to get into a leadership position in one year. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so I'm, it, it's almost like hopefully you've already kind of got those things going a little bit.
1: That's right. Hopefully you've been, you know, attending, you've been around, you're aware of it. You're not just, you know, cracking open Google and searching for, you know, you know opportunities. Hopefully you've already, you know, have an idea of, of what's around and you've kind of, you know, been a part of it a little bit. So that way, when you're the one who raises your hand, people are not wondering, you know, well, who's that? Uh, Hopefully, when you're raising your hand, they know, oh, I I know who that is, and they can kind of bring you into the
0: Yeah. And then um, beyond that, what else are sort of some areas that you should be starting to think about early?
1: So another thing I think it's important to think about early is to start brainstorming on what your brand is, what your hook is, what your story is, um, you know, why a school is going to pick you. No doubt these top schools get tens of thousands of applications. They are able to have the pick of the lip. Really figuring out, you know, what is that unique, differentiating thing about you, that unique way that you're going to make an impact in the world or, you know, your world, your industry, um, I think that is key. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, sitting down brainstorming for the essays or starting to write the essays, you know, a year in advance. I don't think that's the case. And, you know, sometimes these essays change year to year. But I do think that it's important to think about, you know, well, of all of the, you know you know, regional sales managers, of all of the, you know, analysts at a, you know, top accounting firm, of all of the different people who have the same banking job and and research associate position. You know, what is it about me that is going to be different, that's going to help me stand out from, you know, my competition in the application pool um, and having your, you know, really being critical about that, um, really being thoughtful about that so that you're able to then figure out, well, if it's, you know, if I'm going to tell this differentiated story, what are the elements you know the data the proof the evidence that i need to have under my belt to be able to prove that that's you you need to think of it in advance so that you can then give yourself the time you know the year or so to be able to go out and do those things to be able to get those types of opportunities under your belt
0: got it yeah and then i think also it it's probably good you're thinking about all this stuff right and you're all i think you're kind of circling around this sort of general concept of like what is your story gonna be right because at the end of the day when you're applying to any school but especially graduate school um you you kind of you can't just be like hey i get good grades and i did some clubs and uh you know i i check the boxes let me in like you've got to kind of have like what's your reason d'etare de for for being and what's your mission in life and how are you gonna change the world and all that stuff, right? That's right.
1: Um and the way that I would say it is that it's you know definitely less so about the past, you know, superlative achievement, but it, it and it's a lot more about the future potential that you're going Point. to give you know, if if you're all about your past achievement, then, you know, maybe you've already peaked. Maybe you are the best that you're ever going to be and you're not going (laughs) to be able to improve. And so why would a highly selective school want to take you? Right. That's like a sports team, you know, taking in an all star who's on their decline. You're the all star and now you're going to regress to the mean. And geez, I, I wouldn't want my favorite sports team to pick that athlete. Um, You know, you want to show that you have future potential, that you have future prompts. And so it's less about superlatives. You know, I got the highest grade. I was number one in this competition. I was the fastest, the first, any of those kind of superlatives. It's far less about those superlatives. And it's a lot more about the passion, the meaning, the impact to be able to show that you're someone who's going to be able to bring great honor, great prestige, you know, you're going to be able to shine that warm glow onto the upcoming schools, uh, you know, that, that you're going to think about. And, you know, if you even if you look at, um, you know, examples from, you know, who is out there currently that's, you know, having success now, um, you know, very rarely are these people that had some sort of superlative achievement that you could point to as, well, that's the reason why they got in you know, because of this one specific thing that they did, that's why they got in, went to the school, and now they are like a Supreme Court justice, right? I mean, yes, it is true that, you know, if you look at the nine Supreme Court justices, it's only, you know, it's only Justice Barrett that did not go to Yale or Harvard or one of the top schools. She went to Notre Dame, which certainly is (laughs) is a great school. But, you know, all of the other Supreme Court justices, you know, I don't think that they, if you look back at their application at the time, that you would be able to point to this like one superlative achievement that they did in college when they were applying. That would be like, okay, well, that one thing—that's the reason that they got in. And so it takes right. time to cultivate this overall brand, this overall story, rather than you know trying to win one thing that is going to like confer admission. The admissions officers—they're not coronating kings and queens. They are not rewarding students for a job well done. They are providing the university with an input, and that input needs to be the best new crop of students that are going to change the world, that are going to bring great honor, prestige, all of that back to the school in the generation
0: to come. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, that's also why it's so important to have a vision for yourself, right? I think that if you just if you don't have it it's almost disqualifying it, even if your vision might be something like i don't know if i were to apply to grad school like 5 years ago it might have been like i want to you know change the way that people prepare for tests and like make it a simpler easier process that's more straightforward and like I don't know. I don't feel like tons of people get up every day and are excited about that necessarily. <laughs> um, but it's it's important that you have that and that you're focused on it, right? It mm-hmm. it'd be very different if you if you were just kind of like, yeah, you know, I just r- really am doing this thing because it's a job, and then you know, I'm looking to get a better job that pays me more after the fact.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I, and I also say that. You know, one of the biggest differences between graduate school and undergrad is that undergrad is, you know, four years, you know, there's time. You can sit under the oak tree in the quad and you can ponder life and you can take, you know, a broad range of courses and you can, you know, be reflective about the great questions of of life and humanity. Uh, You know, grad school, you know, medical school is four years. You know, that's pretty much it. Law school is three. MBA programs are two. There's some one and a half and one year programs. Most of the other um, you know non pre professional graduate programs are one and a half or two years. You don't have the time to sit under the oak tree in the quad. You know, yes, you know everyone should, you know, take the time to do that, but you're not going to have the time to come in kind of undecided, unsure about the direction of your life. Um, you know, you're also not a teenager anymore. When you're applying to undergrad, you're a teenager. Um, You know, maybe you've not had the maturity to be introspective about what you're good at, what you like and and all that. If if you're now a young adult, you know, you're a, a young professional, you're in your 20s and you think that and you're mature enough to think that you should be going to one of our nation's most highly selective programs. You should also be mature enough to have been introspective about what it is that you want to do, why you're going to go to school for another few years. You're going to spend another tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars on education. And to not have a clear reason, a clear story about why that is, that's very frightening for admissions officers. These are not, these places don't get the monikers of being ivory tower and and very conservative places uh, by virtue of, of, of anything other than they don't like risk. If it seems like you're going to need a lot of advising and a lot of help to find your direction, um, yes, these schools do have advising, and, and yes, they have those programs, but they don't want to have to use them for everyone. They want to have them as that safety net underneath you. They don't want to know that you're going to come in and instantly have to go through the entire career counseling program. And so being able to have that clear story about you know how you're looking to change the world and what you're going to do and all of that, that's helpful to de-risk yourself in terms of giving a sense to these schools that, yes, you are a mature, introspective person that does have direction, that does know what you want to do in life so that you can come in and graduate two or three years later and be able to go on and and go on your way and do great things.
0: Right, which is like, the that's sort of what you're touching on is like the core reason behind all the stuff that we've talked about, right? Like the reason why you want to have a leadership position in a relevant club is not because they want you to like have a scoreboard, but because they want to feel like you're going to take leadership positions in future re- related activities and clubs, right? Like things exactly. like that.
1: Exactly. Past performance is the best indicator of future performance. If you're someone who is able to quickly get involved and make a big impact in, in a small organization at, at your school in your town, um, at your employer, then you're someone who's likely going to be able to make an impact when you get involved on a bigger stage later in life. And so that that's definitely the thinking there. Similarly, you know, if you're someone who has good grades and good test scores, you know what? You're probably going to be able to do the academic work because past performance is the best indicator of future performance.
0: Mhm. Yeah, exactly. So then let's um, um I want to talk a bit about um how, like, just as you're, you know, applying to these top programs, what are some other ways that you can start to, you know, basically, like, get ahead of, but, like, get really, like, the other pieces of your application really shining, right? Like, I think one of them is definitely, uh you know, essays, and then just, like, networking in general. I feel like those are two other areas that if you start early, you can get kind of a head start.
1: So when it comes to essays, you definitely do want to give yourself enough time. Uh, you don't want to be starting to write your essays for these schools a week in advance. You don't want to be hitting submit at 1159. You want to give yourself the time to be able to incorporate what you hear from the admissions representatives that you might meet, uh, what you hear from local uh, alumni that have you know recently gone there and graduated from those programs. Uh, what you hear from current students. You want to give yourself enough time to incorporate those items into essays, as well as you want to give yourself enough time to be able to go through and, and go back and, and continually update and refine what your story is and how you're telling your story. Uh, I think that is a key part of the essays. Um, you know, the standard essay writing, you know, practice, you know, that that still holds true. Being able to go through and outline, to flush it in, uh, to, to go back and, and revise, I think that's all, all, all good best practice, that, that there's other episodes that go into a lot more detail on that. Um, I do <laughs> think, you know, when it comes to networking with alumni, um, and kind of alumni, I mean maybe current students who are at a program, and also recent alumni that have just graduated from that program, you know, if someone went mm-hmm. to a program like 50 years ago, they're, they're maybe going to be less helpful. But someone who's just <laughs> gone to that school or who's still at that school is going to be a lot more helpful. You know, they're going to be able to let you know if you are, you know, talking about things in the way that people talk about these things at those schools. You know, do people really call it, you know, such and such hall? Or do they just, you know, kind of colloquially call it to, you know, such um, I remember there was one time a student was writing an essay and they misspelled the name of the dean. Um, you know, the dean had kind of a funny mm-hmm. spelling of their name. And, you know, just by showing the essay and saying, hey, you know, I, you know, I like that we've been talking and, you know, I'm applying to the school and, and here's what I've written. Just, you know, give me your thoughts. You know, you're not asking for, you know, a lot of proofing and editing. But someone says, oh, you know, hey, this was a really thoughtful essay. But, you know, the dean, he, he spells his name with two N's, not one N. So you might want to change that. Um, You know, that's kind of a helpful catch that maybe only someone who's, you know, in the in the soup is going to be able to really catch. Uh, And so I think that it's definitely helpful to start to understand and get connected with individuals ahead of time so that when you do have an ask of them, can you put in the good word? Can you read my essay? Can you give me a sense of of is this am I on the right track Um, that you're able to do so and and get back uh, some thoughtful feedback in a timely manner? You don't want to send someone an essay, you know, the week of the deadline and say, "Hey, can you please give me back this uh your your thoughts today because I I need to edit it ahead of submitting it tomorrow." Uh that's not giving anyone yeah. enough time. And you know, that kind of saving no time uh that doesn't make you look good. <laughs> and that's probably correlated with some other things.
0: Yeah, I mean in general, I think you you have to remember that all these people are generally very busy at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean in in college, for better or for worse, you know, your high school teachers or whoever you got your essays from had a little they like felt a little bit of an obligation to do it, right? Because mm-hmm. like it, it's a big part of the college admissions process. But if you're asking a mentor from work to do an essay for you for graduate school, you know, they don't necessarily have the same obligation. Mm-hmm. And so you've gotta make it easy on them. Um mm-hmm. And, and particularly if you want to have multiple rounds of revision. That's yeah, I mean. exactly. Yeah, especially with letters of recommendation. Um, is there anything else that you can do to get prepared? Um, and all, like, just like for all the other aspects, right? Like the interview process and, and just like other, like even building your school list. Like what are some other things you can kind of do to, um, to get, like ahead of this process and get prepared early?
1: So I keep coming back to the idea that you want to give yourself
0: enough time,
1: um, that that is going to, you know, de-stress the process a lot. That's going to give yourself the opportunity um, to you know, be thoughtful and to you know, revise, refresh and, and all of that. Um, you know, but I, I do think that, you know, if you are giving yourself that time and energy, to be able to apply to the top schools. It also gives you the time to really be thoughtful about what schools you might want to have on your backup list. Uh, you know, No one is going to be a guarantee to admit at any of these highly selective schools. These are going to be regions yeah. for everyone. And so you need to be prepared for not being admitted to any of these schools. And so being able to be thoughtful about what schools you're going to put on that backup list um, if you're not admitted to your first choice, if you're not admitted to those that, that top list of, of schools that you've got, um, that's going to be key. I always recommend that students uh, kind of take what I call the Amazon approach, the YouTube approach, rather than Miss America approach when it comes to finding good schools. You know, let's say that you have a list of, you know, a handful of top, top, top programs. Um, you know, what you then want to do is figure out, you know, what are the attributes of those top programs besides there being the top program? You know, what are the attributes of why these top programs? You know, what is it about, you know, Harvard Business School or Stanford Graduate School Business that resonate with me? That, you know, Chicago Booth or Penn Fort, that that those schools don't? And to understand what are those underlying attributes that resonate? So then you can look for, well, at the kind of next tier school, you know, what are the schools that really over-index on those attributes that I like? You know, just like when you're right stuff on Amazon, that it tells you that, you know, hey, other people have purchased your product and they also purchase these other products or YouTube says, hey, you like watching this video. Well, you know what, people that like watching this video, they also like watching these next few videos that we might recommend. Uh, you want to be able to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about applying these schools. You know, people who apply to these schools for the reasons that I have, they're also applying to these other schools, so maybe I want to get those other schools. I think too many students take the Miss America approach, where they start with, like, you know, the list of the top 100 schools, and then they get rid of the ones that are, like, too urban, too rural, or too big, or too small, or, you know, they, they don't look good in the swimsuit, they can't answer that final question, they've got a bad tone, and then they end up with, like, the list of, like, the top five or the top ten. Uh, you know, going through that pageant process with these schools, I find it very unhelpful, as opposed to just figuring out, mm-hmm. well, you know, what is it about these schools that I like, so that I'm able to find those attributes at the next set of schools.
0: Yeah, and I I really uh, appreciate that point of view because I think that there, like I talked about, there's so many schools, you know, outside of the top ten that are still fantastic, particularly for specific programs and so understanding like what are the schools that are good for my programs what are the schools that are good for the programs that I'm interested in in you know the air the cities that I'm interested in living in I think that's a much better way to kind of do your shopping as you put it <laughs> and the other part of it too is um, you have to do all of this before you can start to do the other things like you know, attending info sessions, meeting with alumni, etc. So it's important to like, that's where having all this, your first tip, right? Having lots of time uh, is really important. Mm-hmm. I mean, for most people, you only really get one graduate school. So <laughs> pretty important that you uh, you do that, like put a lot of thought into your decision and your process for it. That's right. Great. Well, anything else um, that you wanted to cover on applying to top, top programs?
1: I think that's it. You know, at the end of the day, the, you know, requirements are going to be the same. You know, these schools don't have anything extra that they're looking for in terms of, you know, they, you know, need uh, a transcript or they need test scores in a way that other schools don't. Um, There's just maybe kind of the bar is right, the expectation is higher, that the quality of what you send, is higher. And so giving yourself that time to make sure that you have that high quality to put forward, that's key.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much. This has been GRE Snacks, hosted by Tyler from Achievable, with Jason Weingarten from Ivy Coach. Achievable has a great online GRE course you can try for free at achievable.me. And use the code podcast to get 10% off at checkout.